Amen. Amen. We're going to read tonight uh, for the last time um, Daniel chapter 12. I've decided that I'm concluding the series of sermons on Daniel. So this will be the final message. So we'll take the time to read the whole of the 12th chapter. If you have your Bible there, turn to the place. If you're watching online, the words will come up on the screen. But we would also encourage you to get a copy of your own uh, Bible and open it at the place and follow the reading. And you may want to mark, may want to identify particular things. And when you do that, then that will help you to remember uh, in time to come when you reread the word of God in this particular prophecy. Daniel chapter 12, we're reading from verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth for ever and ever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth, and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go thou thy way till the end be. For thou shalt rest, and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of his own precious and infallible word. Now this evening, I want to conclude our series of expository sermons in the book of Daniel. And my text tonight is found in Daniel chapter 12, verses 8 
through to 13. And I've entitled this final message, Christ's Plan at the Time of the End. Now let's remember that Daniel 10, 11 and 12 all belong together. That is, they form one long, continuous vision. These three chapters, remember, all deal with the final vision that the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the man clothed in linen, gave to Daniel the prophet. Remember where Daniel is. He is in Babylon. He is a politician there in Shushan Palace, which is modern-day Iraq. Apparently he's out walking, he's beside the uh, banks of the river Tigris and on its banks he sees this vision of a man, a certain man, clothed in linen. And then the man begins to address Daniel and the man gives to Daniel this wonderful final revelation. Daniel remembers about 90 years of age, he's come a long way from a teenager whenever he first entered Babylon and stood in Shushan Palace, where he stood valiantly for the truth of God uh, against uh, Nebuchadnezzar and his imposition of meat and wine. Um, You can read about that in Daniel 1 and verse 8. You think of all of these years that have passed where he stood valiant for the truth, where he had a remarkable testimony, where he's been faithful and true to the Lord. It was this same Daniel who stood uncompromising in refusing to eat Nebuchadnezzar's meat and drink his wine. It was this same Daniel who interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the great image and helped explain the course of world history. It was this same Daniel uh, who was a man of prayer. It was this same Daniel who who, um, was thrown into the den of lions and survived. It was the same Daniel who saw the demise of the Babylonian Empire and the rise of the Medes and Persians Empire. And remember now, as I've said, he's 90. It's the third year of the reign of Cyrus, king of Persia. And this same Daniel, he witnessed the rise of the little horn, the the, the final antichrist. And it was this same Daniel who received this final vision from the Lord Jesus. You think of it tonight. The Lord Jesus giving to Daniel a very long, detailed, prophetic vision. As I've said, it's all one. Daniel 10, 1 to 21. That's the introduction to the vision. Daniel 11, 1 to 45. Loads of details there. Some of it we have looked at in depth. And in Daniel 12, 1 to 13, the conclusion to the vision. Remember, much of what was shown to Daniel was prophetic. It was future for Daniel. Especially the future to do with the land of Israel. The key is chapter 10 and in the verse 14. Now I'm come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. Christ was predicting to Daniel and foretelling what was going to happen to his people in the last days. And remember, the majority was future for Daniel. It had yet to be fulfilled. It was only the third year of the reign of Cyrus when this vision was given. Now, as we read it, much of it has already been fulfilled. For us, it's in the historical past. Yet some of it remains to be fulfilled. 
Now, over the course of many weeks, I've attempted to break up this long, continuous, final vision into component parts, try to help us to understand it. We've thought about the long spiritual war between Christ and the devil, good and evil, light and darkness. We've thought about the battle for Israel's survival from uh, 606 BC in the days of Nebuchadnezzar when Daniel was taken from uh, Jerusalem to Babylon right up to the end of time itself. We have to think about the foreshadowing of the Antichrist and um, Antiochus Epiphanes. I ask you to try and grasp and understand the great tribulation period, a time of unparalleled suffering, especially for the children of Israel. I've asked you to understand something of the doctrine of the resurrection as we find it here in Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. And then we thought last week of understanding the revelation of Jesus Christ at his coming again. Because that's what's in view here. There's a pattern revealed to Daniel. There was a prominent person revealed to Daniel. We saw something of Christ's preeminence. And we saw his power, how he reigned over the nations, how he reigned over the angels, the heavenly angels, the demonic demons in hell. And we close with that powerful pledge revealed to Daniel in the verse 7. Listen to the words in verse 7. And I heard the man clothed in linen which was upon the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever that it shall be for a time, times and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And then Daniel asked the question, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And what was then unfolded was Christ's plan at the time of the end. And that's what we want to think about tonight. I want you to think of three things very simply. I want you to think of the focus of Christ's plan. You see, when I read, especially from verse 6 right through to the end, I noticed the references to the end. Look at chapter 12, verse 6. It says, And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And they got the answer. And the answer was in verse 7. A time, times, and a half. And of course, that's a reference to three and a half years or a reference to 42 months. And it has to do with the Antichrist, the final Antichrist. If you look at verse 7, it says, And when he, that's the Antichrist, shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And the word finished means come to an end. You're talking about the end of the great tribulation period, the end of that time of unparalleled trouble and suffering uh, in the land of Israel, uh, a time of fierce persecution against the Jewish people and Gentile believers. And here's the Lord Jesus, and he's drawing Daniel's attention to the time of the end, the end of the tribulation period, because the end of that period ushers in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth. Now let's compare scripture with scripture. Turn over there to Matthew 
Look with me at Matthew chapter 24. It says in verse 29, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Verse 30, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now we'll, we'll pause there. See, Daniel asked the question, what shall be the end of these things? And what is Daniel told? Go thy way. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. What time? Come with me to verse 11. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that make a desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. You've got to think of twelve hundred and ninety days. One thousand two hundred and ninety. That's three and a half years if we allow for uh, thirty days in each particular month. And then what are we told? If you look with me at verse 12, blessed is he that waiteth. And then it's an addition added, and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. So here's another reference to time, one thousand three hundred and thirty-five days. What does that mean? Look at verse 13. But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Now what does this all mean? You see, I'm conscious that it's focusing in on the revelation of Jesus Christ and his coming at the end of the world. And here's the Lord Jesus just reminding Daniel of certain key events that are going to happen just prior to his coming. And I have to say tonight that many commentators are wrong in my view to try and tell us that all of Daniel 12 is fulfilled. Some allege that it was filled in this character called Antiochus Epiphanes. Remember, I've told you, he was a foreshadowing of the final Antichrist. He was not the final Antichrist. He was only a foreshadowing of the final Antichrist. In his day, yes, there was fierce persecution of the Jewish people. Uh, in his day, yes, there was a, a, a pig that was uh, erected on the altar in the temple at Jerusalem. But keep in mind that Antiochus Epiphanes was just a type, a foreshadowing of the final Antichrist. And his fierce persecution, bloodletting as it was, blood-curdling as it was, Fierce and awesome as it was, it was only a foreshadowing of the great tribulation period that is to come. Antiochus Epiphanes was not the final Antichrist. Why? Because Antiochus Epiphanes has come and gone. And 1290 days after his demise was not the end. And we have not yet seen the sun, moon, and stars go dark. 
that's what Matthew chapter 24, 39 is all about. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, then there's going to be a sign in the heavens. The lights in a sense are going to be switched out. And that is going to be a sign of ushering in the day of the Lord. And here's another additional the Lord Jesus has not returned in power and in glory. For we read that immediately after the tribulation of the, these days, when the, the lights of this universe are switched out, in that day, in that hour, at that time, the Lord Jesus Christ will return. So it wasn't fulfilled in Antiochus Epiphany's day. I'll tell you something else. It wasn't fulfilled in AD 70 either, with the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple by Titus and the Roman army. Uh, it doesn't make sense to apply it to Titus in AD 70 for the very same reason. 1290 days after Titus destroyed the temple in Jerusalem was not the end. The day of the Lord has not yet come. The sun, moon, and stars have not yet gone dark. And the Lord Jesus Christ hasn't returned in power and glory. Matthew 24 and 29 tells us immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. That's a sign that the world is going to go dark. And I, I believe that that in itself is the day of the Lord. If you turn over there to the prophecy of Joel, look with me at Joel chapter 2, and in the verse 10, it says, The earth shall before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun, moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. If we come forward a little bit to Amos chapter 8, and in Amos chapter 8 and verse 9, you should underline these verses. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day, what day? The day of the Lord. Saith the Lord God, notice this, Amos 8 and 9, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. If you also turn over there to Matthew, or sorry, Mark, look at Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, and we'll read together from verse 24 for the sake of time. Mark chapter 13, verse 24. I want to link up these scriptures. It says, but in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. Then, and then, shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. You see, after the tribulation period comes to an end, there's going to be a sign in the heavens. The world is going to go dark, and that will be the day of the Lord. And that ties in exactly to what the Apostle Paul taught. So Paul is agreeing with the Lord Jesus. And the Apostle John also agrees with Paul and the Lord Jesus. Turn over there to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. And what do we read there? Here's an important scripture. Revelation 6. And this is what he tells us, if you look with me at uh, verses 12 and 13. And I beheld, after he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black, a sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell onto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely frigs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. 
and the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of his place. And if we come on down to verse 17, uh, we read, For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Do you see that? A period of universal darkness. I don't know how long it lasts, hours, days. I don't know. But that will be a sign of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. When he's going to be revealed in all his glorious person. When people will see his preeminence and his power over the nations and over angels and over demonic forces. And of course there'll be the witness then of the resurrection of the saints. This is future. This is going to come to pass literally and historically. And what I said last week applies. It's okay to have a healthy and helpful curiosity into these things. But also there's a danger that we become preoccupied and obsessed with these things so much so that it's not helpful and, and it's unhealthy because we're attempting to pry into things many that are not uh, fully explained for us. And therefore, sadly, many have adopted foolish views. I, I think of Christ's counsel to Daniel here. Shut up the words. Seal the book even to the time of the end. Daniel, I have no new information for you. I've given you it all, Daniel. Here's my word. I want you to put a full stop here. So, so we have to approach this subject humbly. We approach it cautiously. We, we approach it re remembering that the meaning will be fully and finally made clear at the end. I don't have all the answers. I don't want to sound dogmatic. But we're go not going to pry into things that have not been revealed we're not going to try and manufacture world events and fit them into Bible prophecy. What are we going to do? We're going to wait. Why? Because that's exactly what the Lord Jesus said to Daniel. If you go back there to Daniel and look with me at chapter 12, and what did he say to him in the, uh, verse 12? He said this, Daniel 12 and 12, Blessed is he that waiteth. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to wait for the second coming of Christ, await the fulfillment of this Bible prophecy. We're going to be wise. And what does he say to, to, to Daniel? When Daniel asked the question in a meaningful way, oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? He reminded him of an important sign. What did he remind him of? At the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. I believe the Antichrist will break the um, 70th week midpoint Remember, the 70th week lasts for seven years. He's entered into a covenant uh, with the Jewish leadership in that day. In Daniel 9 and 27, we read the words, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. He is a reference to the Antichrist. And in the midst of the week, he, that's the same individual, shall cause the sacrifice and the ablation to cease. And another reason and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So you think of this Antichrist abolishing and suspending the daily sacrifice in the temple. That means the temple had to be rebuilt. That means that temple worship had to be restored, morning and evening sacrifice. He, by his own power, orders it to stop. And in its place, he sets up what is called the abomination of desolation. What is that abomination of desolation? I actually believe it's an image of himself. 
And that's what Revelation chapter 13 um, uh, and verses uh, 14 uh, tells us. At Revelation 13 and 14, we, we read um, uh, these words. Um, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Do you think of Antichrist abolishing the daily sacrifice, setting up of an image of himself, and then that image having the power to speak and, and to order the killing of many? And that setting up of that abomination, desolation, that's the trigger for the great period of the tribulation. And, and, and from the taking away of that daily sacrifice and the setting up of that abomination, there's going to be a further period of 1,290 days, three and a half years, 42 months. That's what Revelation 13, 7 teaches. And that's the latter half of Daniel's 70 week. And it was all told to Daniel. It was explained to Daniel. And Daniel was told that while these things are going to be fulfilled, he was to wait for his coming and to focus on Christ, his preeminence, his power, his purpose, his promise. That's the focus of Christ's plan for Daniel. Very quickly, think of the features of Christ's plan for Daniel. Now remember, as I've told you, Daniel's 90. And yet he's still part of Christ's plan. He is to remain, as I've said, focused on Christ. He's to live his life in light of the end, in light of the second coming. How's he to do it? Notice this as we conclude this. Look with me at verse 8. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the sign of these things? I want to pause there. O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Is that not a prayer? Was Daniel not being encouraged to continue in prayer? Is that not what he did? I believe it is. Daniel remembers a man of prayer. We have seen and heard Daniel in prayer all his life. In chapter 1, as a teenager, when he went to Babylon. Chapter 2, verse 17, uh, when he was told about Nebuchadnezzar's image and the death threat that was on his life and on the life of his friends um, because the seers in Egypt didn't understand uh, the vision or give the interpretation. We've already seen Daniel in prayer in chapter 6 and verse 10 in his house. He prayed three times. We have heard Daniel's prayer, Daniel 9. We have read through it and what a mighty prayer it is. And here he is still at the end of his life. An old man is 90. And what's he doing? He's continuing in prayer. He's waiting on the Lord, but he's watching and waiting. And he's asking this question. Oh my Lord, what shall be the sign of these things? Turn over there to Mark's gospel again. Look with me at chapter 13, and this time verse 32 and verse 33, because there's a link um, to the second coming of Christ and the subject of prayer. Maybe you've never seen the link before, but there's a link that's here at Mark chapter 13, and look with me at verse 32. This is what it says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son but the Father. Take ye heed. Watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. Do you see the connection? If you turn over there to Luke chapter 21, and in the verse 36, you get the same connection. Luke chapter 21 and verse 36. 
Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. If I give a final reference, it would be over there in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6 and in the verse 18. It's in the context of spiritual war and this is what the word of God says. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Remember tonight, we're in a spiritual war. And one of the most effective weapons in that warfare against the devil and the minions of hell is the power of prayer. And if we're going to stand clothed in the armor, then we must put on the armor by prayer. Now you think tonight of Christ and his coming. You know his return is sure and certain. And what does he urge us to do? To continue in prayer. He wants us to wait. But he wants us to watch and pray. Not with cold, dead, formal prayers. But with passionate prayer. With, with, with prayer unto him. See, I believe tonight that the coming of the Lord is closer than we think. You think of the words of Daniel here. Oh my Lord, remember you're, he's in a personal relationship with him. The Lord tells him, Daniel, until I come, until I come, Daniel, this is what I want you to do. I want you to keep on praying. Say, I believe he couldn't call him Lord if he didn't know him. Daniel's a man who knows the Lord. Do you know the Lord? Do you love him tonight? Are you an individual who's given yourself for prayer? Here's Daniel in prayer, and he's asking the Lord for more light. He's asking the Lord for wisdom. He is praying over the times in which we live. We should be praying over the times in which we live so that we get light and wisdom and help to live out our lives before the Lord. You think tonight of wicked men prospering is not the context here. What is Daniel told? Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. Have wicked men not risen up to take away our freedoms and our liberties? Are there not many persecutors against Christ and his cause and against the church? And in contrast to those wicked men, you've got a bunch of individuals that are designated as wise, and they've got many struggles, they have many difficulties, they realize we're living in perilous times, dark times have come, and what do we do? Well, we turn to our Lord, and we cry, oh my Lord, we seek him for light, we seek him for help. Are you tonight seeking God for the future of the work of God here? Are you seeking God for the future spread of the gospel? Are you seeking God for God's intervention that the truth of the Lord will stand and the light of his glory will shine forth into many hearts? See, I believe we need to learn from Daniel. Here's one of the features of that plan. Not only focus on my return and think of the time of the end, but Daniel, you continue in prayer. Daniel asked the question. He's told, shut up the words and close the book. And what does Daniel do? He gets to prayer. Right, Lord, I'll pray about that. And you know what we need in the church of Jesus Christ? We need to be men and women of prayer. We need young people to be men and women of prayer. We need to get to the prayer meeting. We need the help of God to pray. We need to feel the need to pray. We need to have the desire for prayer. We need to know something of the power of prayer. 
Here's Daniel. And he continued in prayer. I've just discovered a lovely little reference. I've underlined it in the Bible. It's in the book of Zechariah. And this is what it says in Zechariah chapter 8 and the verse 21. And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Oh, that we had a call like that from the leadership of the free church again. Oh, that we had a call from the ministers and elders to, to go together before the Lord and to cry out for him. Daniel continued to pray. Could I encourage you young people to come to prayer meeting? I, I remember the first prayer meeting that I ever attended. I remember 12 women in the prayer meeting and one of them nudged me and said, you pray. I said, I, I don't know how to pray. She said, well, you're saved. Just say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. And that was the first prayer I'd ever uttered in the prayer meeting. I remember on Monday nights going to the Balamina prayer meeting. And I can tell you those were powerful prayer meetings. Those were red-hot prayer meetings. 80 to 100 packed into a room and you hardly could get your tongue in. And those men laid hold on God. Those men were stirred. And when those men prayed, you felt the presence and power of God. Today we grumble. Today we moan, we complain about many things, bad and terrible. It's terrible, these restrictions. I'm well aware of that. Um, these are dark times. These are difficult days. But what should we do? We should seek the Lord. We should seek his face. The second feature for Daniel was Daniel was continue to practice. Look at chapter 12 and verse 9. What did the Lord say to Daniel there? Just underline it in your Bible. Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the end of time. Go thy way. Well, what does that mean? It means carry on the role that you're living out, Daniel. Attend to your affairs, Daniel. Your affairs in the king's court. Be content. Apply yourself to your duties. Attend to your performances. Daniel, this is my will for you. Don't indulge in idle curiosity. Don't, don't pry into things that I haven't chosen to reveal to you. You, Daniel, you continue to practice your religion and walk before me. Go your way. Fulfill your duty. Be a man of God in the court. Isn't it sad today that many have set dates for the second coming of Christ and many gullible individuals, even professing Christians, have believed it and affected by it? I, I have known individuals who were farmers who heard about the second coming of Christ and a date was set and they thought, well, we don't have to put in our potato crop, a wheat crop or barley crop this year because it, it'll be destroyed anyway, so we'll not bother. I've known others who have sold their businesses and waited patiently at home for the coming of Christ and they've done damage to the name of Christ and to the cause of Christ. You think of this man called Harold Camping in his third date setting over in the United States of America. He didn't say that to Daniel. What did he say to Daniel? You get on with your legitimate business, Daniel. You carry on with your work, Daniel. That's a reference to his office. Why? Because the secret things belong to the Lord. And we have already read from Mark chapter 11, or Mark chapter 13, verse 32, that of that day and hour knoweth no man, not even the angels, not even the Son, but only the Father. Daniel was to continue not only in prayer and in practice, but Daniel was to continue in purity. Notice what he said there again in verse 10. Many shall be purified and made white and tried. This is the tribulation period. 
thinking of the purity of God's people. If we link up the words, Antichrist, when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people. Believing Jews and Gentiles, living pure lives before the Lord. And remember, our motto should be holiness unto the Lord. The will of God is connected to sanctification, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, even your sanctification. Living out a life of holiness and purity. You see, many are wicked tonight. We live among wicked men, ungodly men. These wicked men have an end that they don't understand. But you have a different end. And we're not to be like the wicked. We're not to copy them. We're not to try and appease them. We're, 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 we're to be different because they're in the darkness and we're in the light and we're to continue to exercise a spirit, a, 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 a spirit of godliness unto the Lord. Isn't this what John says in 1 John chapter 3? Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear but what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. It was the great John Calvin that said we must be constantly making progress both in the knowledge of God and in conformity to his image. You see, what we behold will have a great impact upon us and that's what we will become. And we who are in Christ, who want to go to be with Christ, we, we yearn to be like him. And, and we strive for that, not perfectly, but purposefully. Daniel was to continue in perseverance it says, and if you look again at verse 12, blessed is he that waiteth. And we'll pause there. Waiting, is that not perseverance? Daniel was told there'll be a man who'll arise, who'll remove the daily sacrifice in the temple. That man will set up something in its place which will be an abomination and desolation. And we know that that's going to happen literally and historically by the final Antichrist. But we can apply it now. And if I can apply it metaphorically, you think of those in our day who want to remove the work of Christ, the work of the cross, remove the blood atonement. That's the devil's work. That's the Antichrist's work. And what are we to do in the face of that? We're to persevere. We're to wait and look to the Lord for help and strength. That's the features of Christ's plan for Daniel. Will you be like Daniel? Give yourself to prayer. Give yourself to, to practice your lifestyle before the Lord as unto the Lord. Give yourself to purity. Give yourself to perseverance. Notice lastly, and we, with this we'll close. Think of the fruit of Christ's plan for Daniel. It says in verse 13, But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of thy days. What does that mean? I want you to think of four things. Daniel's release. It says, but, thou, but go thou thy way till the end be. That's the day of your death, Daniel. You, you, you think of that. Daniel lived in time, in light of the great eternity. I believe this is a reference to his death, to the day that he died. His soul uh, was released from the body. Because that's what death is. It's giving up the ghost. So you think of Daniel's release. Think of Daniel's rest. For thou shalt rest. 
He's resting from his labors. His body's in the grave. His soul's in heaven. There's contentment. There's confidence. There's consummation. Remember in Revelation 14 and 13, we read, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. And do you think also here of resurrection and stand in thy lot? The word lots a reference to inheritance. And stand in thy inheritance. Daniel, in a day to come, after your release from this scene of time, after your soul has left the body and you've entered into eternal rest, there's going to be a day of resurrection. You'll stand in your inheritance, Daniel. And you'll be rewarded at the end of the days. And that's a reference to Christ and his return. Here's Christ's plan for Daniel. Daniel, you focus on me till the end of days. Daniel, you live in light of my return. And this is what I want you to do. Continue in prayer, Daniel. Continue to live a pure and holy life. Continue to practice your religion before men and before God. Continue to persevere despite wicked men. And here's the fruit that I have for you, Daniel, in the day of your release. There'll be eternal rest. And you'll await the resurrection. Until the time of the end, till the end of days, and I give you reward. That tonight is Christ's plan at the end of time for Daniel. Is that Christ's plan for you and me? I believe it is. And it's fitting that we close the book thinking on Christ's plan for our lives. Maybe you're here tonight. You're not a true believer. You're not in Christ. You're listening to me. You're not saved. You know you have a soul. You know you're a sinner. You know you need to be saved. And we know that Jesus Christ is coming back in power and glory and you're not ready to meet him. We urge you to repent. We urge you to get right with God. We urge you to put your faith and trust in him as Lord and Savior. So you can have the assurance. You can have the confidence that one day in your release, living time to eternity, you will enter into rest. You live in light of this day of resurrection and you will have the reward of Christ, your inheritance at the end of days. The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll encourage you to listen again via our church website and our YouTube channel and this series on Daniel. And if you want to contact me, if you have any thoughts or difficulties on it, then please feel free to do that.